be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. When Jesus returned to Capernaum after some days, it became known that he was at home. Many gathered together so that there was no longer room for them, not even around the door, and he preached the word to them. They, be- they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. Unable to get near Jesus because of the crowd, they opened up the roof above him. After they had broken through, they let down the mat on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to him, Child, your sins are forgiven. Now some of those scribes were sitting there asking themselves, Why does this man speak that way? He is blaspheming. Who but God alone can forgive sins? Jesus immediately knew in his mind what they were thinking to themselves. So he said, Why are you thinking such things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, Rise, pick up your mat, and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins on earth. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, Rise, pick up your mat, and go home. He rose, picked up his mat at once, and went away in the sight of everyone. They were all astounded and glorified God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. The Gospel of the Lord. I would like to share with you a story I heard a Mount Deacon use in a homily while I was here at the Mount. I'm not sure if it's true or apocryphal, but that doesn't stop Mount Deacons or Mount Priests like me from preaching about it. Many years ago, there was a bishop in Rome who had a curious habit of walking around with a rosary wrapped around his hand. Everywhere he went, to St. Peter's Basilica, to the Cappuccino Bar, to the Gelateria, he had a rosary wrapped around his hand. One day, an archbishop stopped him and asked him why he did that. You have to be an archbishop to stop and question a bishop. The humble bishop answered that the rosary around his hand made him feel like Mother Mary was holding his hand and guiding him through his day and throughout his life. Apparently, that was a very good answer because that bishop later became and was promoted as archbishop. And later, he was even made a cardinal. And in 1978, he was elected as the pope and took the name Ioannis Paulus Secundus, John Paul II. Now, I'm not sure how accurate that story is, but like Father Roach says, if it's not true, it should be. (laughs) It should come as no surprise that John Paul's papal motto was totus tuus, by which he meant all yours, meaning all yours, Mary. Whoa. Why not say all yours, Jesus? Because Mary 
is the fastest way to Jesus. And we all need someone to show us the way to Christ. After all, even St. Peter, the first pope, needed his brother Andrew to introduce him to the Lord. In John chapter 1, verses 40 and 42, each one of us is like the paralytic in today's gospel who needed the help of four friends to get him through the crowds and through the roof of the house to get him close to Christ so he might be healed. We all need someone's help to know Christ. And there is no one more qualified to help us than Mary, our Lady of Perpetual Help. If there is one piece of advice I could give you seminarians, it is not just to wrap the rosary around your hand, but to pray the rosary daily. After all, you go to a seminary called Mount St. Mary's. Of all people, you should pray the rosary every day. First of all, stop making excuses, saying it's too hard to pray the rosary every day. It's not. One strategy that helps me is to divide it up over the course of the day. For example, this morning, when I arrive five or ten minutes before the first meditation, I can pray the first sorrowful mystery. After the meditation, I sit for another five or ten minutes, I pray the second sorrowful mystery. Later today, while waiting in line for my chai latte at Starbucks, I will pray the third sorrowful mystery. Over the course of the day, I can easily pray the whole rosary, easy peasy. And by the way, don't make a big show of praying it. Just use your fingers. That is why God gave us ten fingers, after all, to count the Aves. Unless, that is, you are a bishop in Rome, and then you can walk around with a rosary wrapped around your hand all you want. Of all the virtues Our Lady can teach us, the most vital virtue, I am convinced, is humility. Humility. She replied humbly, to the Archangel Gabriel at the Annunciation, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. A handmaid is a humble servant. When you pray the rosary daily, implore Our Lady to make you humble like her. Why? Well, because humility is the one weapon that defeats the devil every time. The virtue of humility is paradoxically all-powerful. Satan declared arrogantly in Milton's Paradise Lost, non servium, I will not serve. But Jesus, who learned humility from his mother Mary, said in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, for the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Mary's humility allowed her to fulfill the Proto-Evangelion of Genesis 3.15. She and her son will strike at your head, the head of pride of the serpent, while you strike at their heel, the heel of humility. When you pray the rosary, ask Mary to help you be humble 
in your relationships with your brother seminarians. So you can humbly say you're sorry when you hurt someone. And even more humbly, more humbly say, I forgive you when a brother hurts you. Humbly listen and learn from your priests and professors who teach you and form you here at the Mount. By the way, this week I've been reading from a book by Etienne Gilson called The Christian Philosophy of St. Thomas Aquinas. He wrote this very helpful comment. He said, It is wisely said, writes St. Thomas, that he who would, be, who would become educated should begin by trusting his teacher. Gilson continued, He will never master his science unless he presumes in the beginning that the doctrine being presented is true, even if, for the moment, he cannot tell why. That docility demands humility. And humbly obey your rector, even if he tells you to wear the darn mask or other protocols. Disobedience is simply a lack of humility. And finally, deal with your vocation director and your bishop in humility. Let them lead and guide you. They are not infallible, and neither are you. But they are the ordinary instruments through which the Holy Spirit directs our lives and builds up the kingdom. St. Paul urged in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, clothe yourselves in heartfelt humility. No one can teach us how to clothe ourselves in humility better than our mother Mary, who also taught this virtue to her son Jesus. Totus tuus, all yours, Mary. Praised be Jesus Christ.